pick is finally in. With the first pick of the 2014 NFL Draft. With the first selection of the 2018 MLB Draft. With the first pick in the 2003 NBA Draft. Now for the reason we're all here. We have some business to do. The first selection. We are back after exciting week three. Very, very exciting. I was like tingly, all kinds of football. You had the heroine of a game with Baltimore and the Chiefs. I thought it was phenomenal, man. It was great. What a great football weekend. How you doing, Vince? How's it going, brother? Welcome in, y'all. I'm doing all right. It was a good uh it was a good week three, aside from my Jets getting smoked. But you are listening to the first pick podcast. It's your boy, Vinny Goombots. You know where to find me. Twitter, Instagram, at Vinny Goombots, V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. And you can find the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the first pick pod. Welcome in to the week three recap. Big Kev, where could they find you and where could they listen to us at? No problem. At Biggest Boss76 on Instagram, on Twitter. And did we tell them where they can listen? We did not. That's, what, that's SoundCloud, that's you. Podcast Addict, Spotify, Podcoin, and Apple iTunes. More to come. I've been researching other places where we can put it. Stitcher. Stitcher. And also Google Play. Is Google Play. We're going to get on that, y'all. So we have, we'll add another two of those. So hopefully we can reach anybody, anywhere, with any phone. It, don't, it won't matter. But go ahead. Get into those stats, man. So uh, we're going to do this week three recap. I got a bunch of things for you guys. We're going to start off with some of this Do-Re-Mi action. <laughs> All five underdogs. On the late afternoon card covered on Sunday. Wow. Four of them won outright. That's the Carolina Panthers plus two, won outright. The New York Giants plus six and a half, won outright. Houston Texans plus three, won outright. And the Nolan Saints yes. plus four and a half, won outright. I doubled down on those boys. You did. <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Stellars plus six and a half, covered the spread, but did not win outright. That's the only team there. Um, speaking of the New York Giants, Daniel Danny Dimes Jones. He's been donned the nickname early already. I thought I was the first one to come up with it, but it was all over all over Twitter. I said it on the last pod. Danny Dimes. Okay, so uh, Danny Dimes and Luke Falk made their starts for both New York teams on Sunday. It was the second time in history that the two teams have had quarterbacks make their first NFL start on the same week. Since week three of the 1987 strike season, um, then it was replacement players, David Nori and Jim Cochiera. Uh, and there's a 99.8% chance I butchered both of those names there. <laughs> so I'm sorry, guys. After 47 games, that's aside from the Monday Night Football game that was played last night, the road teams are 63.8% against the spread the home teams are 34 percent against the spread with one push in there being detroit and arizona um week one unders are hitting at 55.3 percent and overs are hitting at 44.7 percent um this is really off of just one flat line as far as the spreads go uh everybody has a different in you know point or two here or there so yours might your numbers might be a little bit skewed there 
But uh, giving that stuff out there so you guys could get an idea. Right now, road teams against the spread are killing it. Uh, 63% is really good. But just keep in mind, guys, that there could be some regression there. You know, these things kind of tend to even out. So does that mean that the home team start to cover? I don't know. Let's look at the board and we'll find out. We'll see coming up. We'll see what happens. The 49ers are the only team in the NFL that haven't gone three and out on a single possession yet. Really? They haven't punted? Check it out. Kyle Shanahan. Phenomenal. That's really, that's that, all him. Found that from WTF stats on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have to use the acronym. You guys know what it means. This is a family show. Yeah. <laughs> Double-digit losses since 2012. Kevin, what team do you think has the least double-digit losses in the last seven years? The least double-digit losses. And before you make a guess, just take a minute. We're not going to give any dead air out there, but try to think of it. Give you a second. I'm going to start. While you're thinking about that, I'm going to give you the bottom five. And it hurts me to say it. New York Jets, 39 double-digit losses in seven years. Miami Dolphins, 42 double-digit losses in the last seven years. Jacksonville Jaguars, 45 double-digit losses. Oakland Raiders, 47 double-digit losses. And the worst team in the last seven years with double-digit losses, the Cleveland Brownies with 50. Kev, did you come up with it yet? I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Eh. Seattle Seahawks. Crap. In the last seven years, y'all, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. This is really good information. In the last seven years, the Seattle Seahawks have only lost three games by double digits, and it came this Sunday at home. Who's been their quarterback for the last seven years? Your boy. Danger Russ. I'm telling you, he I, keeps them in games, I agree. bro. I agree. And, and he also had the Legion of Boom, so I don't want to take that of away course, from them. Of course. It makes life a whole lot easier when the other team can't score. Yeah. <laughs> um next team behind that. Come on, y'all. We could gather this one. New England Patriots. Eight double digit losses in the last seven years. Next, Pittsburgh Steelers, fourteen double digit losses. Baltimore Ravens. 15 double-digit losses. And to round out the top five, the Kansas City Chiefs with 18 double-digit losses in the last seven years. I got that stat from NFL Detailed on Instagram. They put out some good stats out there. I'm going to promote those people even if I don't know them because I'm not biting off. Because I'm not coming up with this stuff myself. Uh, There's people out there that do these creative things. And if you want to find those stats, those are the people to follow. Last one. The Denver Broncos are the first team in 50 years to not have a sack or a takeaway in the first three games of the season. I had that on my list. I was going to add that okay. right at the end of this. Nice. I heard it in a couple places. I was going to put that out there. And that's with Chris Harris. You have Von Miller and uh, um, and Bradley Chubb. Like, How do you not? Our tackles were phenomenal for the Green Bay Packers over this weekend, but we'll get into that. They really, really stifled those guys. Yeah, so we're gonna get we're gonna dive right into the breakdown, y'all, and just kind of recapping all of these games. We're recapping betting, we're recapping fantasy, and just overall, you know, football. That's that, it. That, that's what we're gonna start with Thursday night football. Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars won this game twenty to seven. The spread on this game was 
Tennessee minus one and a half, and the total was 38 and a half. Game went under. Jacksonville covered the spread. The biggest thing to talk about in this game, Gardner Minshew. Kev, how you feeling about this boy? He's legit. They they took going into the fourth quarter with six minutes left. Leonard Fournette had nine carries for negative three yards. And the team overall had 18 yards. And that came from a 15-yard run by Gardner Minshew. So what I'm telling you is they made sure that if they were going to lose that game, that it was going to be Gardner Minshew. He was going to be the reason why they lost or won that game. And they lost it because he was so good. He was hitting open receivers. D.D. Westbrook was trash. He was dropping all kinds of passes. He dropped a touchdown, a mm. clear touchdown that was in his hand. He he did everything that they needed him to do to win that game. And it looks like he, he's giving big ups to Mike Leach over there in, in Washington State. He obviously taught him pretty good at what it, what it is to be a, a good quarterback. So I'm pleased with him, man. When do we start talking about Marcus Mariota and his mediocrity or two years ago? That's when we started talking about that, it. That's what. That's when it should have been started. Okay, but we're not. It's like right, but well, I, I have been saying it since we started this season that that Tannehill is good enough to take him out. We, I've said it. You, you have times. said that, but you more or less said that Tannehill was was good, not that Mariota was bad. He's not because he's not bad. You're, well, he's not. He's a he's an average quarterback. <laughs> Twenty three for forty, no touchdowns, no picks, three hundred yards, sacked nine times. He just looked like, you know, I watched that game. It's on primetime, obviously. Uh, NFL, do better with these primetime games. You've been, <laughs> there hasn't been one good one yet. We're, we're, we're not having any good primetime games yet. But I understand you're saving the good teams for later in the year. Get the bums out the way early. I, I support that in a sense because, uh, you know, I don't want to watch the Stillers and the Bengals week 12 on Monday Night Football. So let's get them out the way right now. That's uh, going to be coming up for week four. But – the Titans are the definition of Jekyll and Hyde. And I came up with a new rule watching that game. Um, I didn't actually have a wager on that game. I did lean towards the under, but I, I didn't uh, I didn't fire on it. But I did it. I did so in our shares league. Uh, Kevin and I play in a shares league where you wager um, shares as, as a form of currency. So when I feel like I, I, I don't want to make a real money wager... I use that to to have some skin in the game, so to say. Right, right. And um, I did go with the Titans and the under, but the Titans were just terrible. Right. Um, and uh, I just I, I came up with a new rule that I will never bet on or against the Titans as long as Mar- Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. And that's because one week he comes out and he looks like Joe Montana, and the next week and he comes out he looks like. Geno Smith. And also his his highest paid offensive lineman, Lawan, is he's out. He's out for four games because of PEDs. Yeah. Like you said, he was sacked nine times. So how much of that can we actually give to him? If he had all day to stand around like Aaron Rodgers does, like Dak Prescott does, because they have two of the best offensive lines in the league, it makes the life a whole lot easier. Agree. So they did sign, they got him an offensive lineman, but they're not playing well together. He's running for his life. He had like the only reason why they were they still had somewhat of a chance to stay in the game is because he was able to get away from 
from it. Immediately, he would drop back and have to run, you know, in two seconds. But we'll see what happens in the future. I don't want to waste too much time on that bum offense. The defense, though, they they are. We'll get into it. We will get into it. But they are ranked. They're ranked really well, man. So I'd rather do that when we preview for the following week. Sounds good. Um, anything else to talk about Jacksonville besides Gardner Minshew? Um, DJ Chark looks like that. Him and Minshew look like they have a connection. Four receptions, seventy-six yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it, it's to me, it's clear that he's the number one. You know, DD kind of fell off a little bit last week. I, I think DD got the targets and he was open. It wasn't like he was open. Gardner yeah, five, was getting him the ball. You just can't drop it, man. Five receptions for forty-six yards. Not a bad game, right? Um, there's just one clear guy that he looks like Gardner's favorite, and that's that's DJ Chark. I would agree. So, uh, anything else to touch on with this game? Nope. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals at Buffalo Bills. Buffalo 21-17. The spread on this game was Buffalo minus 6. The total was 44. Bengals cover the spread. Game stays under. Kev, what are you taking away from this game? Uh, The Buffalo Bills defense is just ridiculous they are flat out ridiculous they got back into this game because a few mistakes that that happened during the game but they wanted up closing them out at the at the end um the cornerback white for the bills he is i can't say he's just a good corner i think he might be one of the better defensive players in the league from the quarterback cornerback position he played really well for them on sunday um and it looks like Dalton's by himself. He's alone out there. Mixon did have a few spots here and there, and it's not his fault. The offensive line there is atrocious, and everybody else is taking the fall because of that. I don't think the Bengals are as bad as they look, but I think Buffalo has a real chance coming into this weekend. I can't wait to watch them versus the Patriots. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I, I disagree 100% with Buffalo, and it's not being a homerism here. I just think it's fake news. Uh, I watched them play against the Jets. They were getting smoked, and my Jets blew the game. Uh, you, they have probably played the three worst teams in the NFL, arguably two zero and three teams and a one and two team. Uh, they don't impress me. Their offense is is not scary. However, I will agree their defense is is good. Um, and they're going up. We'll, we'll talk. We don't. We're not re- really here to talk about previews because that's going to be in the next episode. But when they go up against the uh, Patriots, they have a great defense too. But that's also because the Patriots played the Dolphins and the Jets. Uh, you know, their, their defense numbers can be skewed. So I'm not crazy about this Buffalo team's offense yet, and they're going to play a real team here, and we're going to see that coming up this week. The Bengals, it's scary. Uh, their leading receiver with six receptions was a guy named Auden Tate. I didn't know that. I didn't see the guy making a lot of moves out there, but uh, six receptions for 86 yards. He, out yard, he had more yardage than Tyler Boyd. Um, Tyler Boyd, 6 for 67. And like you said, uh, that offensive line looked so bad there in Cincinnati. And Joe Mixon was shut down the entire game, and he had one pass, catch, go for like, I think it was like 20-something yards for the touchdown. And that uh, brought him into fantasy relevance. Uh, but other than that, 15 attempts, 61 yards. That's uh, that. I'll give credit to the Buffalo defense. They have the cornerbacks there. They do have a good defense. But I don't trust this offense. Um, they do have a great home field advantage. And uh, there was a point in this game where Cincinnati was threatening to win the game. And Tom, that, Tom Brady struggles with them a good amount. Also. Oh, yeah, especially up there in Buffalo. It's going to be right. a tough game. This is not going to be a rollover. It's just that I don't know if that offense can get the job done. And uh, I'm interested to see. However, if I had to choose between one of the two teams winning because 
they're both divisional rivals. I can stand either of them. Uh, I definitely would like to see Tom Brady go down. So uh, I think the the Buffalo Bills are the fakest three and O team out there right now. Um, Bengals, they're in trouble. Uh, it, it's we we kind of saw this coming. They looked good week one, and that was about it. Uh, they did fight hard in this game though. Um, and they're still playing without, obviously, their best receiver and A.J. Green. But John Ross was back to being John Ross. Two good games in a row, and now we don't know what to do with this guy. What's your feelings with him? We can't. I don't put any onus on uh, only time I could say a player is well John Ross had a bad game John Ross didn't have a bad game Buffalo Bills made sure John Ross had a bad game there's I feel like there's a difference between now now if John Ross goes up against uh, one of the worst pass defenses in the league and he comes up short then we have a John Ross problem but when you go up against these boys because you have to think about it the Bills defense is quite often left with short fields Mm -hmm. there's still a top three defense in the total league given the worst field now i will say josh allen has also improved he ain't good enough yet but he has made a clear jump from what he was his rookie year to what he is now i, I could agree and i to think they project into the future pretty well i could agree to that anybody else on the uh, buffalo bills team that's impressing you um frank gore old man time still 19 or 14 carries 76 yards and a touchdown 5.4 yards per carry uh, he's timeless he continues to play well but other than that no beasley did what beasley does eight catches 48 yards just catching him up still 12 points he's a ppr monster i I think it uh, you know when we get to more in our fantasy breakdown stuff but you know this we, we recap everything here guys but you know uh you want to roster him. I think he's definitely a good flex start. You know, you're getting eight points off the rip. Every week, he's getting five receptions. So right there is five points. He still hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. And when he does, that's he's, he could drop a 20-burger at any any point in time. To me, he's just a commodity waiting to blow up. So, you know, roster him. And if you're in wide receiver trouble, that's a guy you might want to start. I don't know about this week, you know, because the Patriots defense. This is a game that when we do get to it, it's going to be a real tough game to, to, to handicap from any angle you want to look at. It's um, going to be rough. The Patriots are number one in total defense, number one in pass pass defense, number one fake news. in rush defense. Fake news. You're crazy. What do you mean? I'm Did crazy. you not watch the playoffs last year? Listen to me. Kyle they Benoit became a star. the Miami Dolphins. Any team that played them in the first three weeks, their numbers are skewed. They I would pl- agree. They played the New York Jets with a third-string quarterback. Their numbers are skewed. The only game that has any relevance to me is the first game when they completely shut down the Steelers. And that's because we don't know they don't know what they're doing there yet. But they did have Big Ben, and it was week one, so they have plenty of time to plan for it, and they only put up three points. I'll give them the respect there. But to play the third-string quarterback of the Jets in his first-ever career start and the Miami Dolphins with Fitzmagic and Josh Rosen, give me a break. Fake news. Uh... Fake news. Same defense that just won the Super Bowl. Fake news. That wins the conversation. Fake news. The same defense that just ran through the whole NFL and won the Super Bowl is still playing in the first two games. I win that argument. Fake news. Let's keep going. Miami Dolphins. They scared us for a little bit there. (laughs) They played well. (laughs) If you had the Dallas Cowboys like 93% of everyone else in the world uh, in the survivor pools, not against the spread there, um, they scared us for the first half. But the Cowboys came away with the win, 31-6. Spread on this game was Dallas, minus 22.5. They covered the spread. Total, 47.5. Game went under. Um, I said it before, guys. Anytime you see these big spread games, always look towards the under. Uh, These big spread games are very rare to come by in the NFL. We did speak about that. This was 
only the first time in the last nine years that a spread of over 20 points was covered by a team. But this is the one outlier. The Dolphins are just atrocious. We are looking at a historically bad football team, people. This team is worse than the 0-16 Lions. I don't think so. You don't think this team is worse than the 0-16 Lions? What they did this weekend kind of changed my mind. I actually think... Well, putting up six points. I'm not talking about the points. I'm just talking about how long it took for Dallas to get there. They really stifled them. They had had Dak confused. No, they had Dak confused because because they just dropped everybody back. There was no rushing. There was a there was a point in this game where Dak Prescott had about 13 seconds to throw the football. You know what I'm saying? And it, I just think I honestly I think Brian Flores is actually earning his contract. He's going to earn a chance to see this team win, given how they they handed him a bowl of crap, and he still has them looking good sometimes. The fact that they even look good sometimes with this roster is all the credit to Brian, Brian Flores, in my opinion. Do the Dolphins win a game this year? One. Okay. I think um, they get lucky one time. I really do. I think that that's going to be a wager that we're going to make there. Okay. If you're if you're really confident in that because I believe this team is going to this team is historically bad. I think they're worse than the 0-16 Lions and I think they're worse than the 0-16 Browns. Okay. And I know you agree with me with the Browns cuz you know that Browns 0-16 team had a really good defense. They did. So, and they had uh, Joe Thomas. They had some good players on the 0-16 team, honestly. <laughs> I will say this. The Dolphins are going to surprise a team I, I don't know if I think they win a game I'm not there yet I, okay. I, I haven't watched the Dolphins play so um until they're on prime time or you know it seems like every time I'm watching a game you know on red zone or something like that they're not they're not they're you know they're only showing bits and pieces of that game because nine times out of ten it's a blowout so in that case I don't I can't really give a decisive answer yet but they look really bad from what I've seen. There's no talent, and I don't know if these guys want to play. So uh, when you get down to a certain amount of points, I mean, it, it, I don't know what at what point in time if these guys give up, so to say. But, uh, yeah, they did threaten in the first half. There was a point in time they were only down by four points and had the ball. And um, me being a Dallas Cowboy uh, survivor pick person, I don't know how you want to call that, I was nervous because I was like, wow, this could be, this could be it. And if many people remember last year, Week three, the Buffalo Bills were a plus 17.5 point underdog going up to Minnesota, and they won outright. I like to call that game the Minnesota Massacre because it took out 80% of survivor pools. Um, At that point in time, it was the biggest uh, underdog to win outright since the New York Giants won outright in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So that was uh, the correlation there. What do you take away from the Dallas Cowboys in this game and the Miami Dolphins? Nothing. Okay. This is as simple as that. The only thing I gave you was Brian Flora. I thought that, and he had the the team playing. They believed enough to fight. He has them fighting. It says a lot about who Brian Flores is. That's the only thing I took from this game is that Brian Flores has the players that he's got. He's got them, and he has them at least trying their best, and I think he's actually a pretty good defensive coach. And if he had the actual talent, he'd be able to show the league. I hope he gets his chance. I I hope and pray that he gets an opportunity because they handed him this bowl of crap. They better give him a chance to to be the coach when they get the players that they need. Uh, One guy that we we haven't spoke about enough, but it was somebody that there is one rosterable guy on this Miami offense, and I think it's Preston Williams. Um, 
he actually looks to be their most productive wide receiver. And I'm not saying that this guy is a guy you want to, you know, having a start all the time. But looking at a favorable matchup, Miami does have some teams that they play that aren't the best, even this possible weekend. They're playing the Chargers. Chargers are 1-2, and and the Chargers don't look good at all. So this could be a spot where this guy could possibly start. Um, So far for the year, you know, he's got uh, four receptions, four receptions, three um, about 10 points a game. Yeah, so he's he's not a bad start and, uh, you know, flex flexible and or bi-week filler. But he's a guy could be rostered, and I could see him having a game depending on the matchup. They do play the Redskins. They got my Jets twice. Um, there are some games in here where he could actually have some sort of upside. So just keep your eye on Preston Williams. I have him in our listener league. Okay. Yeah. Um, one guy I was impressed with, Tony Pollard. 13 attempts, 103 on the ground, and uh, one touchdown. Sure, they were they had a lead and they ran the ball, but he made the best of it and he looked good doing it. I think that the Dallas Cowboys um, have a serviceable backup, and uh, to me, he's a guy you want to roster on your fantasy just in case something happens to Zeke. We do know he does have some off-the-field uh, issues here and there <laughs> sometimes, and it uh, seems like uh, the commissioner has it out for the guy because uh, he gives him different suspensions than other players, would. but uh, that's neither here nor there. But I think Tony Pollard uh, could be a guy that might even get moved in the offseason because of how much the potential upside is with this guy and maybe if the Cowboys continue to win they might get into that mode where they kind of reserve Zeke for the playoffs and we might see a little bit more Tony Pollard how do you feel about that agreed um I'm not surprised by the game after the preseason that he had uh, I, don't, I don't think I think some of it was hyperbole when it came to Jerry Jones coming out talking about the holdout and things like that but seeing some of the clips I saw of him you saw the capability you saw that he had the ability to do these things if given the opportunity I still did believe them when they said that if we had to go with Tony we would be okay with that I think they saw that in camp mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised but I am with you I think he will come in on these games where they have blowouts he's going to get more carries I think he earned by getting that amount of time it's hard for a coach to look at somebody who's going to produce this way i can i can keep my guy fresh my guy who i know is going to have to carry us once we get there once we get to those tough games and then why not give tony the ball and maybe he explodes because he he obviously has the big pay big play ability but i'm with you i agree we'll see what happens when i'm moving forward yeah and then you know obviously we understand they were blowing them out in the second half the dallas finally it looked like they woke up you know what i mean they got it together so we could get why tony we got to help a healthy helping of Tony Pollard. They do have a tough stretch coming up. Saints, Packers, I still say it's tough, Jets, Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Lions, Patriots. But if there's a spot where they are in, they have a, a solid you know, two-touchdown lead um, and it's maybe first down, I could see Tony Pollard getting the run there. So uh, there's somebody to keep your eye on, and I think that you know they found out they have a good backup behind Zeke. And I think anytime you have uh, options, it's always a good thing. Agreed. Next game. The Cheeseheads. The Packers. Big Kev. 27-16. to 16, They defeat the Denver Broncos. The total on this game was 40-deuce. The spread. Green Bay minus 7. Green Bay covers the spread. And the game stays under. Kev, I'm going to let you take this one away because this is your team. You were afraid of the Broncos. I give you that. You gave them respect. There was a few times they were threatening. What do you got? I loved it. The offense came out and played better, 
We still are not there. But each game, you incrementally see Aaron Rodgers. You incrementally see Matt LaFleur. You incrementally see that we're getting better. But I will say in this game, the one thing that I do have, two of those touchdowns that we scored came from the defense having turnovers from Preston from Preston Smith and also from Sedarius Smith. They both had fumble. They caused fumbles down in the goal line, and we scored short goal line touchdowns off of that, which 100% helped me out in fantasy because I have Aaron Jones. Love Aaron Jones this year. But I'm happy. Our defense is something special. You know what I took big from this game other than the fact that David Bakhtiari the best left tackle in the league based on pro football focus. He does not lose. He wins, I think, almost 93 or is like 93% of all of his one-on-ones, and that includes with Von Miller, Khalil Mack, and the rest. And then we have another tackle who was also phenomenal, and he and he grades out at 89% of his one-on-ones. They did really well. They kept Von Miller and Bradley Chubb off of Aaron Rodgers. And after the game, Aaron Rodgers said, he's like, I'm feeling good. I'm going to go home and have a a glass of scotch. He's like, I was touched one time today. He's like, I feel good. Usually going into Thursday, he's like, I'm sore. I'm not feeling good. He's like, I feel great. He gave so much props to his boys because he's like, I was just chilling all day. That and he was pissed. He was he's like with three and oh, but he was furious at the at the after game. He's like, I don't want to just be an okay offense with a great defense. I want a great offense and I want a great defense. He's like, I want to put up points. So I felt like he left there kind of bitter on a three and O team. Mm-hmm. And that makes me very excited for our playoff. Absolutely. Push. So as a Packer fan, that's how it looks. Um, I thought Joe Flacco showed up pretty well. They tried their best there. He did throw a pick, no touchdowns, 213 yards. He was efficient with the football, 20 or 29. But we did. We got dug into a little bit by Lindsey. And, I, and I was going to say the ground game. They those those boys worked you a little bit. They they dug into us real good. And that one touchdown Lindsey had. Ooh, he he just he muscled his way in there because we had him dead to rights. We had him two yards behind in the line of scrimmage. My man broke off. He broke tackles. He was like, "You are not stopping me today, Green Bay defense." So I give him props on that. I will but, say, um, you know that. Uh, their, your defense looks great. Not only did you call that not being a fan, this is fan bias. You did say their defense was going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I even had them in a DFS lineup probably uh, every game. I, I put them in a DFS lineup every every week so far. So somewhere along the line, they've definitely helped me out. And they've done that. I think right now they're rated in the top 10, maybe even top five. Yes. I, I can't uh, give you an exact quote on that. But. The one part I have seen in the last two games is that their run defense is a little susceptible. Granted, they were going up against the number one rated fantasy running back last week in Dalvin Cook, and he potentially is a top five running back in the league, depending on you know where you put him at. Uh, I think he is. Uh, this week, Lindsey and Freeman combination did gash them, but at the end of the day, you're 3-0. The attitude I like that you have is the same one that A-Rod has, and that's, yeah, we're 3-0, but we could be better. Right. And um, I like that. I think that's a good attitude to keep no matter what you do in life. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, given some insight here, uh, I crushed the books this weekend. So I'm going into this week like, what could I do to get better? Because I know usually uh, after a good week, sometimes it's a bad one. You know what I mean? So um, being 3-0 – you still got to get better, and that goes for fantasy as well, too. Just because your team's sitting at three and zero, don't get fat and happy, boys, because that's when it gets in trouble, boys right. and girls. Excuse me. And just to add to your defense, I agree. We're not big. That's the problem. We send away Mike Daniels to the Lions at the beginning of the year. I didn't really like that, but it saved us a good amount of money. He's large. He's great. He has a pass rush, and he's great at stopping the run. We're built to have a lead. We're built to get after you. Not that you, but if the teams, that's the where I fear for this defense. If a team lines up. And they were like, we're going to be big boy in you. Like, say we played at Baltimore Ravens. And mm-hmm. they were like, you know what? We're just going to be bullies today. 
we might have a tough day on some of those days because we're not heavy. We're fast. We're versatile. We're a lot of those things, but heavy is not one of those things. And most of the good run defenses have really big guys up front who are good at stopping the run. But other than that, I'm pleased. Okay. We'll see how it goes moving forward, but I think we'll be good for the future. Short week for the Packers. They got the Thursday night football game. Um, but Denver, uh, Flacco's doing what he can. I think the Lindsey-Freeman combination is working out pretty well. Uh, I know Philip Lindsey had a great fantasy week, but he's somebody that I'm kind of a little skittish on. I, we, we, you know, we actually had him two weeks ago as our against it and our with it or against it segment um, on our Fantasy Frenzy episodes. Uh, we, were, we hit the nail on the head there. This is clearly a split backfield. 21 attempts for Lindsey, 15 for Freeman. Um, looking at... The split backfields besides Tampa, besides San Fran, these two guys are literally very 50-50, 48-52%, give or take. It's clearly a split backfield here. Emmanuel Sanders, rough game, two receptions, uh, 10 yards. I had him in fantasy, killed me. Uh, Cortland Sutton looks like a, you know, looks like the solid number two, as Kevin would say, the guy next to the guy. Cortland Sutton. Five receptions, 87 yards. Lindsey, four receptions, 49 yards. I just don't think this offense has enough. And um, since when we opened up the show, I talked about this defense. They're not getting it done despite all the names. What do you feel overall about this Denver team and where are they going? Uh, they're going to have a problem because you would think everybody was like, Vic was coming in, Vic Fangio coming over from the Bears. He's going to have Von Miller. He has Chris Harris. He has uh, uh, he has Bradley Bryce Callahan. Chubb, yeah, Bryce Callahan. All of these guys on this defense and they're not playing very well. I do think he's going to correct it. I do think Von Miller is going to wind up going. Because think about it. Last year, Aaron Donald didn't get his first sack until week four and he had 20. I did not know that. There you go. That's insane. Well, 20 and a half, by the way. And he actually got his first sack this weekend, but we'll talk about that when we get to the St. Louis, oh, the Los Angeles Rams. But I was going to say, I think they're going to get it together. I think Von Miller goes on a tear where he just absolutely terrorizes people. I just think we had the weapon. We had the weapon to counter him. We have the best left tackle in the league. I understand. I and saying. even so, and most of the time, it's odd because Von Miller plays on the right a lot. So he was going up against our right tackle, not him. But we have the two best tackles in the league as far as pass blocking is concerned. So that was it. But for the future, I, I don't see them doing very much. I don't even think they're a wild card this year. I agree. I, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. Keep in mind, this is a team that plays Kansas City twice a year. They have not played them yet. They still have to play the Chargers, and um, they do have one game at home left against Oakland. They've only played one divisional game. As far as the Packers go, um, this is, I'm impressed with the defense, but Kevin said it, put me on the map. I've been paying attention to them, and I agree their offense is not where I thought it would be, but they're getting the job done. The problem here is Devontae Adams, four receptions, 56 yards. I just feel like they're not getting him involved enough, but I am waiting for this offense to blow up because it's going to happen. It might be Thursday. I was just about to say it's going to be in two days. It's going to. It's going to come. Better start Devontae Adams this Thursday. I'd actually, I actually just tried to trade for him in another league. So I'm like, go- maybe this guy's not. You know, maybe he ain't. You know, you know, buy him low. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm down for that. Uh, Devontae Adams. He'd have to be right a flat out psycho to give you that guy, especially hey. for the. He is going to feast. As one guinea would say, I made him an offer he cannot refuse. Next game, Atlanta Falcons travel to Indianapolis. Colts minus one. Total in this game sat at 47. Colts win this game 27-24. Game went over. 
What do you got? What's your takeaways from this game overall? We've been on this train since the beginning of the year. Both of us believe in the Colts. The Colts are a good football team. Sure do. If you believe anything else, you're a nut job. And that was without Darius. I was Leonard. just about to like, man, get out of my head, yeah, bro. It's like that was the defense. They only gave up 24 points to Atlanta. Atlanta, though, has been notoriously starting slow. Once they get into the second half, they become the team that they should have been in the first quarter. I'm like, what? where did you guys come from? And then also, you and Kerry been down on me on Devontae Freeman. Five and a half yards per carry, 88 yards. He only had three catches. There was no touchdowns, though, in the game, but he had a very good game. I still think he's going to get going at some point. I really do. I think he's, I think this was just a, a chip off that block for him getting himself back into playing regularly. But... The Colts are going to be good. I think they're going to be good for a full year. And they were down. Guys, this game, guys were hurt. T.Y. played hurt. Mac played hurt. But I love the Colts going for the rest of the year. We'll see what happens, man. And Jacoby Brissett, he deserves all the love. Do you know he hit 16 of 16 to start the game? That's my man right there. Nope. I actually drafted him in one league uh, um, the two weeks into it. I dropped him because I wound up having some different quarterback. Uh, I played in the – I told Kevin I played in the – a league that had Lamar Jackson on the waiver wire That's week ridiculous. two. So like, I dropped Jacoby, picked him up, obviously. But uh, I did draft Jacoby in two leagues, actually. So um, something I found interesting in this game was the Atlanta Falcons. And keep this in mind for a preview, which I will repeat again, but just in case you guys don't listen, they have an ASC opponent this week. The Tennessee Titans roll into town. The Atlanta Falcons, 0-12 straight up. In their last 12 games against an AFC opponent. That's ah, very interesting. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. do they play so terribly against that? That's so nope. odd, some of these trends you find. They man. are. They are. But like again, I say, guys, uh, I'm not big into uh, stupid trends where it would say something like Matty Ice is 0-37 in his career when he has scrambled eggs for breakfast. I don't believe in that one. Um <laughs> Indianapolis Colts, what, what, what can we say about this team? They're getting it done. The fact that they're getting it done with a, a limited receiving core is another thing. T.Y. Hilton, 88 receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Pascal, 2 for 53 and a touchdown. Their next two receivers were... Ebron and Doyle. Ebron and Doyle, the tight ends. Um, then it's kind of just a mashup from there. Hines, Mo Alley-Cox, Paris Campbell, Marlon Mack, Um this team's just getting it done, and they did it without their best defensive player. I actually spoke to a guy before the game, and um, a buddy of mine, and I told him, I said, yeah, I don't know about this game because I liked Atlanta. You, you know, Going into this game, I liked Atlanta. I did be- too. Because of the reason that Darius Leonard wasn't playing. I said their best defensive, pl- defensive player is not playing, and their top corner was questionable. So I was like, you know what? I think Atlanta could, could get them here. They didn't play well against Philly, and they still got the win. I could see them getting it done. It's a dome game. I was on the Atlanta side. And uh, when I told my buddy, I'm like, yeah, Darius Leonard's not playing. He said, who's that? And then I was like, I hung up the phone on him. Right, I said, like, bro, like, bro. I said, I ain't got time for that, bro. You don't know who Darius Leonard Defensive is? Defensive rookie of the year? Come like, on, man. Come on, bro. So uh, I was surprised with this outcome. But at the same time, I, I said it on the last episode. I'm not going to be betting against the Colts often. Not only, even if they're playing a team where I think they would would get lost, I have a season win total ticket on the Colts at over six and a half wins. I need five more wins to get there. Very rarely will I be betting against this team because I think that's just uh, an oxymoron, anyway. so to say. And you're going to yeah, get it. So. I like to cash tickets. Falcons side, though. Matty Ice, he looked okay. Three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you know, he wasn't on point, but still. He's still performing well. I just don't know what it is with this team and why they're not getting the wins. I did watch most of the game. The defense is 
always going to be an issue. And now they just lost Keanu Neal with a torn Achilles. Ah, that's tough. You know, I, I don't know how this team gets any better with losing one of their best defenders, and they've already got a shaky defense. And they lose because of their slow starts. They can't overcome that first. Yeah, they were down 10-0 before the game even started. Right, yeah. and they have to overcome that all the time. It's like, yo, relax. And then the offense is, it's not just the defense. They gave up, yeah, the first 10 points, but then the offense is just such a dud. It's like, help us out here. You know, stay on the field a little bit, which they did more. They gave Devonta Freeman the ball, so he, he was very good. He's clearly the number one running back there. The only other guy who had a, a rush was Edo Smith, and he wound up getting hurt during the game but they have to get off to better starts that should be their focus in practice this week how do we start better each of these games so we're not fighting ourselves in the fourth quarter gotcha and before we close out with this game i'm gonna give y'all one more trend from the viddy trends database <laughs> get your notebooks out okay i'll give you a little second here get your note section of your cell phone out can't use this trend again for another four years but when it comes up it's a big one boys it's a big one the indianapolis colts are 15-2 and two straight up against the Atlanta Falcons. They hold the best record for any NFL team against another, aside from the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Jets, who um, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in franchise history. But uh, the Colts and Falcons goes back further. They've played more games, uh, 17 to be exact, whereas though the Eagles and the Jets have not played as many. So this record stands as the... Best record over one team against another in the NFL history. Keep that in mind. Unfortunately, uh, I wish I knew about that trend beforehand. <laughs> uh, I found out about it afterwards. A lot of these trends that I find, sometimes these people don't release them until afterwards because uh, you know you have to look at the betting market like a stock market. And this is an angle that you could have used going into this game saying, wow, uh, the fact that the Falcons haven't beaten the AFC's team in 12 tries and then you have this trend that's a lot of stuff leaning towards taking the Colts so uh now that I know this stuff it'll be put in uh next four years from now (laughs) next game Baltimore that's how they say it down there Baltimore (laughs) Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs win this game 33 to 28 spread on this game was Chiefs minus six Baltimore covered the spread the total was 50 deuce and a half total went over what did you take away from this game, Kev? My number one takeaway, I think Andy Reid is one of the best coaches who's ever come through the NFL. And they made a clear decision during this game. Andy Reid and his defensive coordinator said to everybody, i rather Lamar Jackson run the football than throw it. They made a clear choice about that. That says everything that you need to know. So if you have Lamar Jackson on your fantasy squad, you keep him. Because if Andy Reid agrees that he rather he rather the best athlete on any football field on any planet that you can think of. We don't we haven't met aliens yet. So as, as of right now, Lamar Jackson is our alien. And on any football field, he's the most athletic guy. You saw it on that run that he had. He had two guys within five yards of him, and he made them both look stupid. And Andy Reid's like, you know what? I can't have this guy throwing the football mm-hmm. because they, that's how we will lose this football game. That was my biggest takeaway. I love that I have the chills talking about it because I love Lamar Jackson and I want him to shove it up everybody's everybody's behind who said that he was a running back, he's a receiver, and all these other things. The other thing is uh, Patrick Mahomes is... Another, is ridiculous. He's another alien. Uh, he's he's, <laughs> he's on the all-alien team. Oh, he is one of two people who has went three straight games with 300 yards and three TDs and no interceptions. Who's the other guy? No clue. Tom Brady. 
only who's three- that. Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm saying who's the other guy? I don't I never oh, heard. T- of t- oh, get out of here, bro! You are such a <laughs> you are such a hater, man. Get out of here. The guy is flat out phenomenal. No matter what you got to say, I know you respect him, but you just like to rib on him. But think about it. That, like that's crazy. Patrick Mahomes is crazy. I, I tweeted Tom Brady last night. He didn't get back to me. By the way, <laughs> the future of the NFL is in such good hands between these two guys. You have Dak Prescott coming up. I think Kyler Murray is just a volcano waiting to explode. We'll get to that. Me and Vince have a lot of thoughts on that. But it was such a great game. I loved it. Where are you at with these boys? LaShawn McCoy, by the way, came back from the dead. Phenomenal day. But go ahead. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take my... Hold on. I'm taking my foot out of my mouth because I was calling him Shaky McCoy earlier. <laughs> um, but you know what? That, that He was Shaky McCoy with the Bills. When he got back hooked up with his boy, Andy Reid, and for some of you guys that don't know, uh, Andy Reid drafted this boy in Philly. If you didn't know that, I don't know what's going on. You might, you might not have been involved in football that long. But Andy, with his boy, he's back, you know. And and, and Shady is a uh, a viable fantasy option. He looks great in the pass game. He looks good on the ground. Eight rushes for fifty four yards and a touchdown. And he also had three receptions for twenty six and a touchdown. He looks real good. The first thing I'm gonna take away from this game is uh, the Chiefs. Uh, they're, they're the Chiefs. Uh, I, I've said this for a long time though. I don't care how dominant they are in the regular season. I don't care about how good Patrick Mahomes is. This team is very good. Their defense is always going to be a problem. They did they they handled the Ravens here. It, 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 we're seeing the tiers, so to say, of the AFC, and they are definitely the number two team in the AFC right now. Uh, the Chiefs, and they will always be the number two team until I see them dethrone the Patriots, and and they're going to run into the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, and they're going to lose again. Uh, I hope that's not the case because I don't like that team and I want to see Andy Reid play for a Super Bowl. But I just don't see it with this defense. Um, and we're running into a uh, what I like to call a Patriot problem here for fantasy. Let me tell you their running backs. Darren Williams or Dar- Daryl Williams. Darryl. I, I don't know. There's two of them there. Daryl? Daryl. Uh, and the other one's Damian. And Damian is, okay, is the Damian one who got hurt. Yes. Daryl Williams, nine rushes, 62 yards. LaShawn McCoy, 8 for 54. Mahomes had a few. Darwin Thompson, 4 for 8. Uh, and then you got the receivers. Miko Hardman, 2 receptions, 97 yards. Travis Kelsey, 7 for 89. Sammy Watkins, 5 for 64. Daryl Williams, 5 for 47. That sounds like everybody's having a good day. What are you talking it about? It, the problem is, who do you ha- who has a good day next week? It's going to be... All of them. It looks like everybody. Travis Kelsey, seven for seven for eighty nine. That's fifteen points. Well, Travis is always going to get his, but Harman, last week, 97. last week, last week, Demarcus Robinson was the man. This week, three receptions, forty three yards, and a touchdown. Oh. What? What are you talking? That's thirteen. What, what are you talking okay. about, bro? Okay. So who do you start next week? Say it again. Who do you start next week? Whoever you have, as far as the, the I don't know about they're, that. They're they're set aside from everybody else. They're their own thing. Now, when it comes to the split backfield, that's not a blimp. That's a trend. Unless you have a Todd Gurley, unless you have a Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, all of those guys, those are the one back. Todd Gurley who got four fantasy points. Say that again. Todd Gurley who got four fantasy points. Yeah, fourteen rushes. They, it was a passing game. <laughs> it is what it is. I also have some trends on you for that one. Too. Cool. I can't wait to get there. Good. Now that you oh, you get me fired up now. I like it. Um, but even so. Like you take you take them all, obviously, especially with the Chiefs. They're in their own category as far as offense is concerned. Even though actually the number one team in total yards is the Baltimore Ravens. They've they've gained more yards, but uh, but they also did play. 
play the Dolphins. Uh, I, I also so, I, I yeah. agree with that. No, I'm just saying because anytime that we have a team that plays the Dolphins, we have to put the we have to put that in the category because they're you know just just everybody's. You play who's in front of you, man. I got, Floyd, Floyd not, Mayweather. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather is 50 and 0. He had to play some bumps, but he also has some good fights too. I'm with you on that, but you have to agree that when you play the Dolphins, your numbers are going to be skewed. skewed. Agreed. Yeah. So um, agreed. The Ravens side. Mark Ingram, jeez, look nasty. Yes, sixteen for a buck, oh three and three touchdowns. That's awesome. Um, the receiving, this the the offense looked a little crazy here, and I was a little uh, shocked by how the Chiefs game plan for this defensively, and and Jackson didn't look great. You know, twenty two of forty three, two hundred and sixty seven yards, no interceptions. No passing touchdowns. He didn't look horrible, but they definitely had a good game plan and they bottled up. Any concerns for Lamar moving forward? I have a concern for Greg Roman. Okay. If he's clearly telling you, I want you to pass, why wouldn't you bully them? I said it last week. I thought they were just going to bully him and, and stay away from that. That means ball control. That means Patrick Mahomes is not on the field. Mm-hmm. Immediately change. Sometimes I think some of these coaches are stubborn. We saw it. It was uh, If you watch the game, I, I don't really look at the ball. I'm looking at what everybody else is doing. Two safeties all day. We're back. That means you only have five or six guys up front, uh, depending on how to, if this one's coming, who's going to drop back. But generally, you're only going to have five guys at the line of scrimmage. Pound them. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they and obviously they did with Ingram, Ingram but not yeah. to the tone of they did over they had over 200 yards rushing. But you know, and that's how they stayed in the game. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to throw some to get it, and they they weren't allowing that to happen. Um, I always butcher his name. I just I have a hard time saying it. Harbar. Jim Harbaugh, I always say it wrong. Yes, I can't, right. I can't say it right. Yeah, Harbaugh, right. Yeah. whatever. I, you know who the coach I'm talking about. I respect that dude. He's one of my favorite coaches. Uh, his brother, not so much, but him, he is. I had some, I had some questions for the guy though. Off the rip, first touchdown of the game, he went for two. Later in the game, he was forced to go for two to try to get within scoring distance. Here, they lost by five. Had he went for two in those, had he not gone for two in those two situations and they get two points they're only losing this game by a field goal they can kick a field goal at the end of the game to tie it uh eventually that's in my mind will cost them this loss unless there was a problem with justin tucker which i think he's one of the best kickers in the game i don't understand why they started going for that maybe i could see you know you're going to be involved in a shootout with the Kansas city chiefs you want to get as many points as you can but uh that to me was a head scratcher and it came down to costing them at the end of the game where they had to go for a touchdown instead of a field goal. I agree with you on that, but he's human. He's a coach. He's like, and I get it. I, I, I'm with you. Everything you said is correct. He he, he, he picked a side. He's like, we're going to go for two here. He made a choice. It backfired on him, but I think he'll be able to make those. He'll make those changes later. Yeah. I, I hope we get to see this again. I hope it comes back for us I think, in, well, I think in the playoffs. I think we might see it in the playoffs again. <laughs> uh, and last time the... Uh, these two teams faced off. Uh, this is actually Lamar Jackson's only loss in the regular season was to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they fell to the Chargers in the playoffs, but it just seems like uh, Mahomes and those boys are Lamar Jackson's kryptonite during the regular season there. Um, anything else you got from this game? Any other takeaways? Nope. Next game, Oakland Raiders at Minnesota Vikings. Minus nine total in this game was... 43 and a half. This game just went under by the hook, uh, depending on what number you had here. Uh, Vikings covered the spread easily. They went by 20. 
What do you got, Kev? What's your biggest takeaway from this game? Waller is phenomenal at tight end. Okay. He's really good. He's tall. He's ridiculously athletic. He's going to be the guy they go to for the rest of the year. I'm sad I only have him in one league. I'm going to try to steal him from somebody else if I can in a league where I'm weak at tight end. The Raiders aren't going to be very good for the year. Josh Jacobs didn't do very well this week. Um, Derek Carr was okay. He was 27 for 34, 242 yards, uh, two touchdowns and an interception. There's really not much else to say. And the Vikings are the Vikings. Thielen has another good game. Touchdown. Three catches for 55 yards. There was the tight end, Irv Smith, who had a good game. You guys might want to put him a little bit on your radar. I know Kyle Rudolph is on a lot of your teams right now. But Irv Smith had a really good game. He had three receptions for 60 yards. No touchdown, but that's a really good start for a tight end. Rudolph only having one for 11 they're supposed to win this game and they won it. Dalvin Cook was great. 16 carries, 110 yards, touchdown. Not much else to say about these boys. Minnesota's good. The NFC North is good. It's going to be a tough one in that division. Yeah, NFC North right now is the only division with four winning teams. They have the Packers at 3-0, and the Detroit Kitty Cats, where I might be removing that name from if they continue to impress me. Detroit Lions sit at 2-0-1. The Bears are 2-1. and I feel like I'm missing another team. I just said them all. Oh, and the Vikings are 2-1 on as well. Yes. My bad. Um, so that's the only winning division in football. The, the Vikings are a boring team. They play defense and they run the ball. But those boring teams win games. Uh, the only problem here, I'm going to get back to the same old song, is Kirk Bumjuice Cousins. Uh, he only attempted to throw the ball 21 times. He was 15 to 21 with a touchdown. They're not going to sling it there, and they shouldn't. They they don't need to. They're winning games like this. They sure they lost to you guys. Um, and if any team decides if, if Minnesota is allowed to keep Kirk at 20 to 25 throws per game, they can win the Super Bowl without a doubt. If you have him throw over 25 times a game on a consistent basis, they will lose and they will not make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens this week. They got the Bears coming up, so that's going to be a tough divisional game for them. Um, they run the ball. They play defense. There's not much else to say about this team. My biggest concern is somebody that's actually been on my uh, against it list um, twice so far already, and that's Stephon Diggs. Again, another dud. This guy had three receptions for 15 yards. What do you do with Stephon Diggs in your fantasy lineup? Um, I say you can t- the potential is so big. That's a rough one. And all of these fantasy questions come down to what, who's next? Who is next up for you? If you don't have a better option, then you got to ride that boat, especially if you took him in those first three rounds, which I kind of like, I- I'll never yeah. understand those early receivers unless you're talking about a Hopkins or Julio, any of Mike- Michael Thomas, any of those guys. But if you took him, you got to ride with him. But if you have somebody who's outperforming them and they're doing it consistently, you sit them down and then ha- make them your backup. Uh, in-, in fantasy, it comes out, what have you done for me lately? That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And if you got to sit him, you sit him. Um, going to the other side there. Darren Wallace balling. I mean, I think that's a great pickup. 13 receptions, 134 yards. Um, I actually literally five, ten minutes ago just made a trade with somebody because they have Darren Waller. They were able to give me George Kittle. They didn't need him. You know, and I I understand that. And that's why I attacked him with a trade because I'm like, this guy's got two good tight ends. He's probably going to roll with the better of the two as far as the volume. Me and Kevin discussed this briefly. Um, I think George Kittle's the better tight end. But Darren Waller has the higher upside. Uh, He's clearly the number one option there with 13 receptions, 134 yards. Josh Jacobs, 10 attempts, 44 yards. Got any concerns there with him? Um, What's your feelings on him and and moving forward with, with him and his team? 
So far, what, three games, 45 attempts, 228 yards, two touchdowns, 5.1 yards per game? No problem at all. Yeah, I I'll think, take it. I, I don't think that there's a need for panic yet with Josh Jacobs. The problem is you're playing on a bad team and you're going to be trailing a lot. Right. So you're going to have to abandon the run. If you don't get Josh Jacobs' points early, you're not going to get them at all. Um, that's where I'll, I saw it with that. Oakland Raiders, they're they're going to be better than they were last year, but they're not going to be doing much. They still have to play. They still have to play the Chiefs again, and two times with the Chargers. Um, and they got another East Coast game this week in Indianapolis. I don't see big things from this team moving forward. Uh, and as far as the Vikings, they're just going to be fighting right there. That's a tough division, like we discussed. I don't got much more on this game. Too bad they don't have a B. They would have been better. But go ahead, man. Next, Next up. I'm not talking much about this one. We know what it is already. New England Patriots taking on my New York Jets. Patriots win this game 30-14. to 14. Spread on this game was 20-something. Who cares? Uh, I don't remember what it closed at. It was like 21 and a half, 22, whatever. Listen, people, don't take those big spreads. This isn't college football. And you saw it. Yeah, it was a bad beat. Say what you want. I had a buddy text me, and he was like, screw your Jets. They just they just cost me money. <laughs> and I responded to him was your that's a rookie and this guy's been betting for a long time, so that's a rookie move taking them. They're not the they're not they're not the Dolphins. There's talent on that team. They have one of the best running backs in the league, Le'Veon Bell. We have guys on defense. They're gonna fight. They're not gonna give up like the Dolphins and they don't have they don't have not have talent. Sure, it caused a backup quarterback throwing a pick six for the Jets to to cover the that's spread. That's the only reason why. But at the same time, that's why you don't take those big spreads. I'm going to tell you something. I learned very at a young age, and this is college we're talking about. College, those big spreads are different because you need to blow teams out in order to move up in the rankings. That doesn't happen in the NFL. Those are grown men, and that means the other guys on the other side of the ball, they take pride in that. They don't want to lose a game by 50 points. They're going to come out there and try to fight. I remember one time, years ago, it was the first time I ever took a big spread like this. First, I had just started betting. USC was minus 42 and a half points against Washington State. And I said, that's that's crazy. 42 and a half. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. My job was new to betting. I took Washington State plus 43 and a half. USC won 51 to 0. <laughs> 43 and a half points didn't cover the spread. And I learned right there I don't take big spreads. Whether I'm on the dog or the favorite. Okay. There's not much to talk about in this game uh, aside from what, Kev? What, 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 what are we going to say? There's really nothing else to talk about. Tom Terrific, he was really good. He was he had 300 yards, two touchdowns, 103 QB rating. Rex Burkhead came out, uh, obviously knowing that James White was down. I told Vince, we were talking about it right before the 1 o'clock kickoff. I'm like, Rex is going to have a nice day after that. James White didn't get hurt, by the way. He had a baby. He yes. sat down, just so you know. Oh. I just want to clarify for the listeners. James White had a baby. I don't know what you're having the kids for in the middle of football season. But. <laughs> Whatever, bro. <laughs> I bet you some coach Whatever. said that to him, too. That's I would. Funny. If I was on that coach's staff, I'd look right at Come on, bro. What? When's your wife do? Get out of here. October? You're nuts, bro. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just a football fan, and me and my wife plan to have a baby in the summertime. I ain't having no baby during football season. <laughs> and now that AB is gone, I think you could focus in on these receivers now. I think you could be happy starting Gordon Edelman. And actually, I think you might be good starting Dorsett. Dorsett. I was gonna I was gonna ask about him. Yeah, especially because Edelman's questionable. We don't know what the injury is. He'll probably wind up playing. But uh if he doesn't, Dorsett and Gordon. And then White, he'll be back and he always does what he does. He gets you that ten to twelve points. But that's it, man. We can keep it moving. Next up, Detroit Kitty Cats. 
taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Spread in this game was Detroit. It closed at Detroit plus five. It opened up around six or something like that. Detroit won this game outright 27-24. Total on this game was 45 and a half. Went over the total by just a smidge. What are you taking away from this game? I guess everybody's going to look at this and say Detroit is, wow, they're looking good. I agree with that one. And then some people will say, oh, wow, Philly's one and two. They're hurt. Relax. When they get their boys back, it's going to be much different. Maybe they'll make a trade. The one place where the Eagles are really bad and they need to get better, they need to trade, they need to figure something out is that cornerback. Other than that, all the other positions are just hurt. As far as fantasy is concerned, their backfield is always going to be a hodgepodge. You don't know what it's going to be. Jordan Howard scored last week. Miles Sanders had a decent day on the ground. He did. Yeah, you know, he, he, he showed what why people were taking him in fantasy and what's up next for him. But uh, he also had two catches for seventy three yards. Uh, Miles which, Sanders, that was a big one. Yeah. So he he was they, they were good. But I also think that Detroit is uh, they're impressive. They are. Their the, defense is pretty good. I mean, even though they, they gave up twenty four points here, their defense is playing very well. I mean, you know, they are undefeated technically because they have that tie. But uh, Detroit looked good, man. Stafford looked okay. He didn't really have a great game. Eighteen of thirty two, two hundred and one, one passing touchdown, no picks. Uh, but the receiving core, it, you know, you have that little shuffle there between Marvin Jones and, and, and Kenny Galladay. This wasn't Kenny Galladay's day. He's still the number one. He's still the dominant guy. But they have the guy next to the guy. And Marvin Jones had himself a day. Six receptions, 101 and a touchdown. And then, you know, you had your little Danny Amendola, four for 37. Um, oh, how carry on Johnson do? Carry on Johnson did pretty well. What? He had 20 attempts, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, great. 20 carries for 36 yards. 1.8 yards a carry. Real, and a touchdown. Real good. One reception, seven yards. Oh, He is awful. And a touchdown. He is terri- like, terrible. Like, like, we put up a poll on the first big podcast about divine, who, who was going to project better over the year. And me and Vince are going to put some sort of bet on this game. This guy stinks. He's awful. 1.8 yards a carry? Versus Devontae Freeman, who five five point five yards per carry. Come on, against who, a good Colts defense. Who plays on the Eagles' defensive line? Is that one of those guys that you love? What's his name? I know his name. I'm just trying to. I'm Fletcher Cox. Okay, so that, oh, and they have a top three rushing defense in the league. Oh, okay. So this, you mean to tell me this guy went against the top three rushing defense in the league and. He had a tough day, but he still scored a touchdown, and his team still won the game. Carry on Johnson, 48 attempts, 126 yards, and one touchdown. Josh Jacobs, 45 attempts, 226 yards, and two touchdowns. Devonta a Freeman, rookie, a little baby from college. Devonta came in. Freeman, Carry on Johnson went against awful. the Indianapolis Colts without their best defensive player, had an okay day, and his team still lost. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Carry on, Johnson. If you took him, you you look just as ridiculous as Vince does. No. Monitor him. Listen, Carry on, Johnson, he's a flex guy. He's your RB2. You know, and and same with Freeman. He should be in that same boat. He's my flex in every league, actually. He's not even my RB2. Exactly. (laughs) So if we're going to talk about the overall better running back, I will give it to Devontae Freeman any day of the week. He is definitely the better running back. In that offense, and the way that the Lions want to use Carryon Johnson, that's why Kevin and I had made a wager. The, the, we don't know. We didn't. Have, we didn't put anything on it yet. Actually, we did, didn't we? Dinner. Oh yes, yes. it was a dinner bet. So this we is did the talk bet. about this that. is the yes. bet here. Um, it's going to be a double date. It's a season long bet. Whoever has out of these three categories, the, this way there's no tiebreaker involved. It is going to be rushing yards, receiving yards, and overall touchdowns. So whichever the 
out of those three categories, whoever has the most at the end of the year, the other one will buy us, me and my wife, uh, dinner, which will be Kevin. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, Kevin said it. Eagles are banged up. I mean, they had guys like Mac Hollins and J.J. Arcega, Whiteside catching passes. Aguilar had himself a day, eight receptions, 50 yards, and then two touchdowns. Um, did you see that video? I, I did. I knew you were going to the go guy. there. I knew you were going to go like, there. He's like, we were out here catching babies. He's like, they were all good catching babies, but we were catching them unlike Aguilar. That was one of the funniest know, videos I've crazy. seen in, only in Philadelphia, yeah. man. <laughs> if you guys um haven't seen that video, go check it out on YouTube or you know Twitter or whatever. whatever. The dude, there was a fire, and there was a guy <laughs> in Philly talking about the you know helping people out of this fire, and they were saying that the guy was throwing babies out the window, and he was catching them. Unlike Aguilar. <laughs> and it's just so funny because um, it shows you how big of an impact football has on people. And uh, if your team catches an L on Sunday, sometimes you're in a bad mood. And this guy, even though he was a hero, he uh, was a little upset about his birds getting a loss there. Uh, did you see that that Aguilar tweeted back at him and invited him and his family to the next home I game? I did. I thought that That's was cool. really cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, I think the other thing here, too, is uh, Wentz loses value with, with his boys going out. You know, with a lot of guys banged up, I have Wentz in the league. He still did okay. Got me 26 points, which is crazy. How's he losing value then? Well, I mean, I'm saying is that he 19-36, 250 nine yards two touchdowns it's a great game but i think with if he has alshon and djax out there this dude's back to throwing 300 for three touchdowns maybe even four i agree i'm saying he's still performing well without his guys right so um but it is it's a small downgrade because he's throwing a jj arcega white side of mac hollins um philly has a short week that doesn't help them for the injuries uh we're gonna have that broken down on our on our thursday night preview episode um but overall i think the eagles are just Starting out slow. They'll get it together. They'll get their boys back. The Lions are surprising. They got a tough matchup this week with the Chiefs, so we're going to see what they're made of. Um, What else you got? That's it, man. Keep it moving. Let's go. Carolina Panthers at Arizona Cardinals. Panthers win this game 38-20. Smoke show. Um, Panthers were plus two in this game, and the total on this game was 44.5. Game flew over the total, and... Josh Allen. Kyle. Kyle Allen looked very well. What's your take on him, and uh, does he take Cam Newton's job? I don't know if we're at Cam taking Cam Newton's job. On the First Pick Podcast Facebook page, please look at that old commercial of the little boy and Cam Newton. I put it up there about he was going to take his job and his mom would be his favorite player. Thought that was really funny. But the guy played really well. He got the ball down the field. He got the ball into his best player's hands. Christian McCaffrey also helped him out with 24 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown, one of them coming for 76. It was phenomenal. DJ Moore showed what he could be, uh, even though that was his only only catch though he had one catch for 52 yards and a touchdown that's a problem because it wasn't much volume there he seems to like greg olson a lot who had six catches for 75 yards and two uh, touchdowns greg olson was uh on my wit it list by the way Just he point was that out. he was all right then get it out there let people know vince knows what he's talking about but they played well uh my biggest issue came from the other side of the ball If you have David Johnson, use him. Why am I screaming? Like, why do I have to tell you this, Cliff Kingsbury? And what what we talked about when we covered the AFC West, Vince, in the divisional breakdown, I told you, I had talked about from all of his college years. Go back and listen to that, y'all. He averaged giving his running backs the ball 24 times per game. 
whether it be running, throwing, but they touched the ball 24 times. Why is he forgetting about that in the NFL? David Johnson's your best player. That's why you're losing games. That's why you didn't beat Baltimore and you lost 23-17 to because you're throwing with Kyler Murray when you're three yards away from the goal line. Get it together. Give your guy the ball. You'll make Kyler, Barry, uh, Kyler better and you'll have better play action. That was my biggest takeaway from this. Give David Johnson the ball and it looks like the Panthers are going to be pretty good. I can't wait to see if Kyle Allen can follow up with another game like this. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just seemed like the offense moved a lot better with him in there. Uh, CMC back to doing CMC things. 24 attempts, a buck 50 tree. <laughs> That's a buck 50 tree. I'll say it again. Another t- and a touchdown. Um, Olsen was balling. Curtis Samuel looked good. Five for 53 and a touchdown. Um, the offense looked good. And, and their defense... It's not the best, but if you're going to put up 38 points, it's going to be tough to beat them. Let's take it for what it is, though. They beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals now fall to 2-0-2-1. and oh, wait, oh, two and one. Yes. Excuse me. Those tie records, they always screw me up there. I agree with what you're saying with David Johnson. They got to get him more involved. Um, Kyler looked okay in the first half. He looked actually good. And the second half, he fell apart there. Uh, 30 for 43. Two touchdowns and two interceptions, 107 yards in the air. They just went to full out, full on pass mode because they were down so many points. So I get it. Christian and the Panthers Cur- have a top five pass defense, which doesn't help them at all. By Bradbury, the way. that's my cut, boy. Sorry to cut no, you you're off. good. Bradbury's one of the corners over there. I just remember that he's a real good one. Uh, Christian Kirk, ten receptions for 59 yards, not doing bad there. And the guy, another one, Larry the Legend, still balling. Five receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. He looks great. Uh, I like to see I, – I always love Larry Fitz, man, and, and I always felt like he got a raw deal with, with the quarterbacks that he had over there. Um, but I like Larry Fitz. I like Christian Kirk, and uh, they, you're right. I did need to get your boy um, David Johnson more involved there. Panthers, they're behind the ball. They're, you know, But that division's up for grabs right now. There's no dominant team. The, you know, This is a time to make a run because the Saints are banged up. Even though the Saints are coming off a win, you know – that division's up for grabs. Cardinals, we know what they are, man. They're not going anywhere. It's just about developing Kyler Murray. You got anything else left on this game? I love Kyler Murray. He's a volcano who is about to explode. And I'm gonna be on I'm gonna be there when that volcano explodes next year. I can't wait. Next game. The G Men. New York Giants took on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Close game right here. Giants thirty two. Buccaneers thirty one. I don't know what the total was. Give me a second. Flew over whatever it was, though. 47 and a half. Giants plus six. They win the game outright. We know what, we know what the focal point is going to be. Giants lose Saquon. Six to eight weeks. Insert Danny Dimes. <laughs> what do you got? So this is from my notes. I put Daniel Jones, Tom Brady, Calm. So I put that, right? And I try to take notes during the game for some of this okay. stuff. And there was a time where he saw the blitz coming. This is what I this is what I took from him. He saw the blitz coming. He knew the guy was behind him. He knew he needed about two more seconds. He moved to the left a little bit, right? Chucks the ball and turns his body. Never looks at the big guy. He knew he was there, but never looks at him. Continues to look at the ball for a massive catch to Sterling Shepard down the middle of the field. It was phenomenal. And that told me everything I needed to know about him. He does not care about the pressure. He keeps his eyes down the field. He is accurate down the field. 
he is going to be a pretty good quarterback for these guys. Now, how high he goes, that'll be up to him. But he has everything he needs. The only other thing I took from this game, as far as Daniel Dines was concerned, he was hurried 18 times. He was hit 11 times and sacked five times. Mm-hmm. He won't survive. If that offense line doesn't get it to be- get it together, you also have Saquon Barkley, who was out for four to eight weeks. Probably eight weeks is my guess. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to probably take too much, uh, do too much playing around with him and that ankle. But... The kid was great. Uh, the first rookie quarterback, what, to have two rushing touchdowns and two throwing touchdowns in, in a game? There was so much this guy did. It was so much fun to watch. And on the last pod, me and Vince, Vince called it. I said I couldn't wait. I wanted him to shove it in everybody's face. Here at the First Pick Podcast, we are behind Daniel Jones, and I loved watching that game. How about you? I don't really have much to say because I've already said it. I believed in this kid back in college. He played without NFL talent around him in college, and he was still able to be successful. Um, and I think the Giants got himself a quarterback here. Yeah, we got a one-game sample size. This isn't jumping to conclusions. But keep in mind, this Buccaneers defense is not bad. They're a good defense, ran by a good defensive coach. And um, he was able to impress. And he looked great. 23 of 36, 336 yards, two touchdowns. And he also ran in for two touchdowns as well. The offense looked great. Evan Ingram. Six receptions, a buck 13 and a touchdown. Sterling Shepard, seven for a hundo and a touchdown. Uh, They even got the boy Darius Slayton involved, three for 82. That's a big boy, and he got wheels. Keep your eye on that dude, Darius Slayton, right there. He He could burn it up, and he's a big boy, too. I'll hop in there real quick. Another takeaway I have from this game? Why did you think Janoris Jenkins could cover Mike Evans one-on-one? That's the only reason why he had the day that he had. And then they didn't change. They didn't change. They were like, let me continue to let Mike Evans eat Janoris alive. I I get it. He's the number one guy. He does well. Go ahead. No, I want to interrupt. Who was uh, your with it? Mike Evans. My man. And the Tampa Bay receivers. I did say Godwin also. It's okay. He 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 got enough for everybody. You good, bro. (laughs) I also did say Godwin. I thought they'd be able to get off, so I did put that in there, but I didn't understand that. Adjust. Uh, You know, people always say Bill Belichick, yes, he's the great coach. I know you don't like that I reference him all the time, but it's so true. He does the simplest things. If he saw that, he would no longer allow it. First of all, that's his first choice is to take Mike Evans out Mm -hmm. of the game always, but if that was happening to him, he would adjust. Why would wouldn't the Giants adjust? Why would you let that guy get embarrassed all day? You take him out and then live with whatever Godwin gets. And that's it. And your boy OJ showed up a little bit too. He got a couple catches. How you feeling about that? I was glad to see that, uh, that you know, he was revived, so to say. Uh, three receptions for 66 yards. Uh, not the best game, but I'm glad they got him involved in the offense. Uh, but, you know, unless you guys are living under a rock, Mike Evans, eight receptions, a buck 90, and three touchdowns. Uh, if you had him in fantasy, he probably won you your league. Uh, won you your game and uh, if you had him and you didn't win you probably had a really bad lineup in there or you know got to, got a real tough break um i know um some people even had him and they probably got high score that's a that was a game right there um as far as these running backs go though ronald jones and uh peyton barber this is a a clear split backfield as uh, ronald jones had 14 attempts for 80 yards and barber had 13 attempts for 48 yards I don't know, man. What do you feel about this Buccaneers team? Are they just are they just below average or what? Uh, they're an average football team, but they should have won. They should be 
two and one right now. That's what okay. they should be. I, f- I kind of feel bad for them because the kicker pushed it the other way. Yeah. It goes Daniel Jones. I would have been uh, impressed with Daniel Jones either way, whether either they won or lost that game. Some That's football. Like, when they say it's a game of inches, I know it sounds cliche and it sounds stupid, but it's so true, man. It, it comes down to literally he missed the, he missed the, a little bit right there yeah. and, and, and uh, or a little bit more left, and they win that game. But I like Tampa Bay. I thought Jameis was wonderful yesterday, but it also helps if you're going to give him one-on-one and leave him Jan- Norris Jenkins by himself to his best receiver who catches everything. It's crazy to me to do. Um, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, my outlook on the Tampa Bay stays the same. I think they're a little bit more improved from last year, but they're not going anywhere. As far as the Giants go, the future is bright. This nucleus is young. Daniel Jones, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and Saquon Barkley. They're all young boys. They're going to be there for a while. You got a veteran coming back in Golden Tate soon. You know, and you, and you, and you still have Cody Latimer and this boy Darius Slayton. Uh, Giant fans, it's, it's not, it's not going to be dark for that long. You do have a tough division. But uh, this team, you could see some upside, and I definitely think Daniel Jones lights the fire, you know, in this team. And 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 the fact that the the class act that I believe Eli Manning to be, because when he found out that he was benched, he just said, "That's that's cool. Let's get the kid ready." You right. know, and after the game was over, he hugged him. I respect that dude there, man, and uh, I'm jealous. I wish I had a quarterback of that caliber, you know, uh, for me one day. Giant fans, the future is bright. Uh, this year, they could have fought, man, if Saquon was in there. You know what I mean? Think about it. They'd be coming in and playing in the, the 0-3 Redskins with, with a 1-2 and record. You get right back to 500 with a win over the Redskins, and, you know, you're you're in contention. You know what I mean? You break down the – I break down football season in the quarters. There's four quarters every four games. If you could finish 2-2, two and two, you know, that's not the best, but it's also not that bad. 500 is 500. But I would also keep in mind, he was 23 for 36 for 336 yards. It came down to Daniel Jones winning the game, and he gave him a chance. So from here on out, you have a chance to win every game if he can survive with that offensive line. I agree. Next game, Houston Texans at Los Angeles Chargers. Texans win this game 27-7. Texans were the underdog here, getting three points. They win the game outright. Total on this game sat at 48-and-a-half. You missed the over by a point and a half. And the reason I know that because it's burning in my brain. I had the over on this game. I just needed a field goal, something. Couldn't get there. Uh, you don't win them all. This was a tough L for me because uh, I really thought this would be points galore. But I knew that I was going to be a tough stretch for me uh, as the third quarter got rolling around just because of the way the scoring goes. What's your biggest takeaway from this game here between the Texans and the Chargers? I don't know if you ever saw Doctor Strange from Marvel, but at the end, he caught the bad guy in a reoccurring situation where Doctor Strange would always be in his face and saying the same thing over and over again for the rest of eternity because he had the time stone. And I feel like that's where Philip Rivers is. He is always down by five to seven points in the fourth quarter. He's got to come back. He has no help. It's like, what? what I don't It's a very understand. good assessment. It, it now is, that you think about it, I'm sitting here shaking my head like, yeah, you're right, but it, continue. I it's apologize. an unbelievable purgatory that he's in where he's always down. It's like, why can't we just win at the beginning? Why can't Melvin Gordon just come and play because then we can control whoa, whoa, the game take it, take it easy. I'm a Mel, I'm, a, I'm an Austin Eckler owner in fantasy. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, you take your time, buddy. You take your time. Go ahead. But Phillip was 20. Uh, sorry, I was giving you Deshaun Watson stats. But Phillip was 31 for 46. He had 318 yards, two touchdowns. Touchdowns. He was very good, but this team is always stuck in that area, and they can never get away from it. Keenan Allen, he did the same thing today that, oh, same thing on Sunday that Mike Evans did. He had 13 for 183. 
two touchdowns. He couldn't be stopped. I did not see why he got that many yards, but my guess is Bill O'Brien and that and that defense might have did the same thing. I can't say that for sure because I didn't see. I didn't. This is one of the games I didn't get to see a ton of. So, but um, I, I, you know, I, I don't understand it. These guys usually have a big day like that. The big receivers like Keenan and Mike because they chose not to double them, which I, I will always find crazy. But uh, that's all I got for these guys. I, you know, I hope Philip Rivers gets a chance again to show himself in the playoffs, and we see what happens from there. And I don't, you know, another person, Deshaun Watson. You said this actually on Sunday. He may, he's another person who is not going to survive the season if it, if they continue to pass block the way they pass block for this team. And he's still winning. It's crazy. Last year, uh, Deshaun Watson was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, and uh, actually, he was only sacked twice um, on Sunday against. Uh, Chargers, but still, he was running around for his life out there. He did look good, though, 25 of 34, 351, and three touchdowns. Uh, he got it together. There's no run game here, and that's killing him. I don't know if it's because their offensive line hasn't gelled yet. I don't know what's going on there, but Carlos Hyde, 10 attempts for 19 yards. Uh, Duke Johnson, two for two yards. Their run game's atrocious, and it's not so much that the Chargers' run defense is that good. You know, it's just that I don't think they could, they could get the ball going. Kenny Stills, four receptions for 89 yards, and DeAndre Hopkins, six for 67. Listen, the Texans' offense is going to win them games, but their defense is holding them back. Uh, J.J. Watt is getting double teamed now that there's no Jadavion Clowney there, and they're and they're stopping him. He's not getting to the quarterback doing what he's doing. He's doubled 49% of the time. I do have something interesting, though, and it's something to follow, guys, uh, moving forward with the Texans. Deshaun Watson has only lost one regular season start in his career by more than a touchdown. Let that sink in. 25 career starts. Regular season, though. Not postseason. And my only addition to that is like, He's doing that without blocking. Imagine he had like the Dallas offense And without line. a run game. He never without really a had run a run game. game. He's by himself. Yeah. Ima- oh, I can... Oh, like, what is he going to be when he gets the offensive line he's supposed to get? He is. He, I, I don't see him any differently than I see Patrick Mahomes as far as his youth, his ability. Oh, my God, when he gets blocking. I can't wait. And I, I, I love watching him now. I got you. Um, and going to the other side of the ball there, the Chargers. I'm going to start off with this stat. 11-22 and 22 ATS. That's 33% in their last 33 home games. They literally have no home field advantage whatsoever. That's crazy. It's nuts, and then, well, and they really don't have a home either. Like that's they're, true, they're still waiting for their actual home to come. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Didn't they sign a new contract for two years in the stadium? Last? I, think I think so. That's yeah, what happened I think so. I'm before not they get another sure one, there. before they make their move. But you know, it is what it is, and I I think that's partly maybe why they're in some of the positions they're at. They don't get that extra juice uh, that you get from making sure when you have sixty thousand that are all yours or most of them are yours. You notice you get an extra juice from that, but. You know, That's something I've always approached on the betting angle with the Chargers and recently with the Rams. Is a, and I'm also, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a cynic here, but I don't believe L.A. is a real fan base as it is. People go to games out there because it's something to do. It's it's Los Angeles. You just want to say I was at the Rams game. Um, I've seen videos of when the Rams clinched the playoffs or when they won a playoff games at a bar in somewhere in California. You know, these guys, people are clapping. It's not like a bar in Philly. It's not like a bar in Cleveland or, you know. Or St. Louis. Wherever. St. Louis was a great exactly. town for them. Yeah, especially that town because they got, they got that's a sports town. Yes. Um, and I would like to see, you know, maybe NFL get a team back there eventually. Um, but 
I always thought, I always factored that into my handicapping that there's no home field advantage for the Chargers or the Rams, and uh, I'm interested to see in the future what happens when that home field advantage changes for the Raiders in Vegas. Um, these are things that you have to look at, guys. Uh, you know, when you don't have a lot of people there cheering you on, the, it, it does take a toll on you, whether you believe it or not. Um, and then you're supposed to be at home, and this trend right here shows that they're not really performing well at home. Enough with that, though. Austin Eckler, nine rushes. Austin Eckler, nine attempts, 36 on the ground. He also got involved in the pass game like he always does. Seven catches for 45 yards. Um, we already talked about Keenan Allen, but I want to give you guys the stats. 13 receptions, 183 yards, and two touchdowns. He looks like the only guy catching balls there, though, because aside from him and Eckler, the next guy up was Williams with three. Everybody else had one, 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 and Jackson had four. Um Next week, the Chargers take on the Dolphins. We know what it is there, but they got an uphill battle because they got to play the Chiefs twice. They still haven't played them yet. And uh, the Texans, what's your overlook? What's your overall standpoint on them moving forward in the AFC South? The Colts have a chance to win it. Okay. It's as simple as that. And we'll see. I think it's going to be a tough fight. I think it's going to be the same in the NFC East. You have Dallas and the Eagles by the end of the year. It's going to be a tough one. They have every chance to win it if they can keep Deshaun healthy. Next game. San Francisco 49ers at home taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. San Francisco wins this game 24-20. Spread on this game was San Francisco minus 6.5. They did not cover. The total was 44. Landed right on the number. What's your takeaways from this game, Kev? Uh, San Francisco is a decent team right now. I think they have a really good defense. I think it projects for them. I think they could have a chance to push in the NFC West. They, I think... Obviously, Seattle, I think, is the cream. You have Seattle. You have St. Louis. There's a lot going on there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles and the Seattle Seahawks. They have, they're have they going to be in the mix. They're gonna, they may be a wild card in the NFC. Joey Garoppolo. Joey Garoppolo, man. I go, I go on streaks of just ridiculousness every once in a while. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a decent day. Well, 32 attempts. 23 completions. He had 277 yards, one touchdown, two picks. So it was just a decent day for them. But the team won. That's really all that matters at the end of the day. The running backs are a hodgepodge. They have, they're all over the place. One is a catcher. One is a runner. One is a goal line guy. Me and Vince discussed that one earlier today. And then they spread the ball out pretty good. There really is no one person there right now who's taking it. Obviously, George Kittle's the best pass catcher on the team. But his stats aren't necessarily showing that at this point in time. Yeah, um, see, yeah. San Francisco's uh, defense is looking pretty good, uh, albeit they did play uh, uh, a quarterback in his first start. Um, they look good. Uh, I, I can't really say bad things about this team. Uh, I did discuss with Kevin, though. Uh, they sit at 3-0 and right now, and I like to put in the fact that they did take on the Bengals, who are also 0-3. They played the Buccaneers, who sit at 1-2, and two, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are now 0-3. So uh, Kevin likes to say, you play the team in front of you. I agree there. But looking at the strength of schedule, I don't I don't know if I believe in the 49ers yet. I'm not saying they're a bad team. They're 3-0. and It's very hard to get 3-0. and And uh, I do respect Shanahan a lot. Garoppolo's a little shaky right now. Just running back core. The thing I like about it as a San Francisco 49er fan, if I was a San Francisco 49er fan, I don't care who scores a touchdown. And I don't care how they get in the end zone. As a fantasy owner, it's driving me nuts. You got 
Raheem Mozart, or maybe I'll call him Raheem Mustart. <laughs> 12 attempts, 79 yards on the ground. Matt Breida, 14 of 68. And Jeff Wilson Jr. is, he's Jeff Wilson Vulture. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly who he is. <laughs> I started him. Eight attempts. At one point, I was playing against him in one league. At one point in time, he had six attempts for four yards. He ended the game with eight attempts for 18 and two touchdowns. Hey. Jeff Wilson Vulture. Um, receivers, George Kittles and Bits, six receptions, 57 yards. Kyle Juszczyk. I, I, I got that name right. I was impressed. That was really good. Yeah, thank you. If you look at it, spell it looks like Chuzrakovic, but <laughs> that's not it. I know how it is. <laughs> look, you look. Listen, if you guys are listening to me, go pull up Kyle Juszczyk's name and you tell me how to say it. Yeah. I know I said it right because I heard them say it on the TV. You did. That was good. Three receptions, 51 yards, and he has a good, uh, very good stiff arm. If you want to guys go look, look back at that. Uh, we don't have visuals, obviously, but he stiff-armed some dude and, like, threw him over his shoulder. It looked real good. <laughs> Debo Samuel, three receptions, 44 yards. Um, they got my boy involved. Did you see that? Dante Pettis, four receptions, 20 yards, and a touchdown. He did the kitty cat. That's what he does. Uh, he does the kitty cat. It's a celebration there. I just did it. We got to get cameras one day. We'll be there. Mason Rudolph, ugh, 14 attempts, 27 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. James Conner, when do we sign up for this panic attack here? Um, I would actually buy low there. I really? Think you, you wouldn't buy low? Uh, you know, I, I I actually packaged the trade to buying low, and then I second-guessed it and canceled it real quick. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know about that. The um, fact that they thought that they could replace him with Le'Veon, <laughs> that they thought they could play replace Le'Veon Bell with this guy, I think is one of the funniest things on the planet. I thought it was funny the moment somebody said it out loud. I'm like, please, bro. Like, uh, yeah, it just it just boggles my mind that somebody thought that was possible with this guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I mean, James Conner's a good back, but you know, it just this this offense is, is it's in a whole new regime now, especially with Rudolph as the quarterback. Um, and Juju, three receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. You watched the game. He broke off one tackle and spun out and went had like a, I, I believe it was like a 70 yard touchdown run. You take that away, 76, 76. You take that away. That's two receptions for five yards. Four yards, excuse me, I can't do the math, but that's nothing. Um, so fantasy owners, good for you, but uh, I'd be worried about anybody on this team. Um, somebody that we will talk about later on, maybe in a possible ep- another episode, is uh, Deontay Johnson. He had three receptions, 52 and a touchdown, but I'm concerned for this Pittsburgh offense. Uh, their defense is like, all right, you know what I mean? But um, I-, I-, I don't know, man, I don't know. You got anything else here? Because I'm kind of moving along with this one. I'm bored with these guys. Let's, let's keep it up. Nolans, Saints taking on Seattle Seahawks at the 12th man. Total in this game sat at 44.5. Seattle, minus 4.5. Saints win this game 33-27. to What do you got, Kev? You seemed a little shaky on the Saints. You didn't know what it was going to be. I doubled down on these guys. I just think 
Teddy Bridgewater is good enough. I knew I thought he was good enough before this game started because the rest of the team is pretty good. They do give up some big plays on defense, so I will give you that. Uh, that happens a good amount, as you see the day that uh, Russell Wilson had 30, 32 for 50 for 406 yards and two touchdowns, but he's just flat out phenomenal, so that's what it comes down to. But the Saints played really well. They had the, they had two, uh, they had they set up two scores off of something that was not offense, whether it be defense or special teams. They got two plays that were huge earlier in the game. I think that set them up for the rest of the the rest of the game. But I, I enjoyed it. Alva Kamara was the monster of the day. Mm. He did what he had to do. He carried them. He did what the best player on the team has to do, aside from Drew Brees, and he, and he made sure he did it. He got it done. Michael Thomas came through. He had five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. But And Kamara was, there, was the best runner and the best receiver of the day because he had nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown so uh it was a really good game it was fun i enjoyed watching it how about you yeah um I, you know i just uh, off topic here but i was thinking imagine if you had russell wilson keenan allen mike evans and alvin kamara in your fantasy lineup those two guys right there almost 200 points they were <laughs> they were all part of the perfect dfs lineup yes, for I, any dfs lineup you could have yeah. put up yeah, that would have been. I'm just thinking about that. I'm like, and you know what? That's actually not a unrealistic foursome because you could have Kamara as your first pick. You, maybe you get Keenan Allen as your second. Although I don't know if if you get could get Mike Evans as your third round pick. Right. But you could definitely have three out of those four guys on your fantasy team with Russell Wilson. Maybe getting him in a later round. But even just three guys that's 150 points combined. It's crazy. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just telling Kevin earlier that. You know, I, I get to see a lot of the 4 o'clock games because I watch Red Zone and there's usually not a lot of 4 o'clock games on. So they, you know, you have more bits and pieces of the 4 o'clock because there's only like 4 games on as opposed to 1 o'clock they put 100 games on, which NFL, I got to tell you guys every time I hate it. But I was able to watch a lot of this game and I was impressed with Teddy. You know, the first game he came out, it didn't look so good because he came off the bench. Maybe he wasn't ready, you know, um, but he looked good. It's tough to get a win in Seattle. The rest of the team looked good. Kamara looked like himself, you know. Um, and Seattle fought hard; they always do. It's tough to beat this team, especially there. The biggest issue with Seattle is Pete Carroll and his running backs. He's back to doing what he's doing again. Chris Carson, 15 attempts for 53 yards. C.J. Procise, four for five. The the ground game was unproductive, and that's kind of what led them to, uh, you know, an L, as I would assume. Tyler Lockett, 11 receptions of. Buck 54 and a touchdown. I love, I invested heavily in this young man and he made me feel very good about that, especially the last two weeks. The first week he had one catch for 54 yards and a touchdown. And since then, it looks like he's been, he's really into the game plan. He's not just running deep balls. He's, he's catching the hitches. He's doing the crossing routes. He's doing all the things that you need him to do. DK Metcalf, who also had two catches for 67 yards and a ridiculous catch down the sideline with two people draped all over him is also helpful to, to Tyler. Lock it in some of those areas, but even with the rush game, it seems that Carson is the lead rusher. He had 15, and next running back had four, which was ProSize. But ProSize seems to be stealing those catches because he had five for 35 catches for 38 yards in that game. So that could be part of the the downtrodden, you know, the not Carson not getting the ball the way you want him to get the ball as a fantasy owner. But the issue with Carson was he had two fumbles. He had uh, one was lost and one was recovered. Um, 
that was probably the problem there. He can't hold on to the ball. He's actually, I think he already has four fumbles on the year. So that's an issue for Chris Carson and an issue for Chris Carson owners. I'm one of them. I was high on this dude uh, and he started off the year right. And then after that, it's kind of been a little shaky. But um, New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas, five for 54. We, uh, we, we said that, right? Michael yeah. Carter, fuck. That's all right. We do that. Overall, my outlook from this game is the Saints, even though they lost their their you know their starting quarterback, they didn't miss a step in this game. It's tough to go to Seattle and get a win. They did that. I don't I don't um I don't downgrade the Seahawks after this loss, even though I said it's very hard for this team to lose in Seattle. I think the Saints just caught them slipping. You know, they they weren't prepared for Teddy to perform the way he did. And um I think they just caught him slipping. It was a matchup between two good head coaches. I think two playoff teams and uh, one got the better of the, the other one. I don't give the Seahawks a downgrade. I said that before. You got anything else on this game? I got nothing, man. Okay. Next game, Los Angeles Rams at Cleveland Brownies. Rams minus three. Total in this game was 48. Went way under the total. Rams covered the spread. What do you got from this game, Kev? Don't panic about Todd Gurley. Relax. I've been paying attention i've been reading i invested heavily in todd Gurley. he only had 14 carries for 43 yards 3.1 per rush nobody had any good rush now if michael brown had 15 rushes for 100 yards then you'd have a problem the problem was cleveland made sure that the run game was shut down they made sure that that wasn't going to be the problem which led to jared goff throwing the ball 38 times he completed 24 of those for 269 yards Two touchdowns, two interceptions. That Cleveland defense played pretty well um, as far as keeping the Rams under wraps. But the, the receivers did get loose for these guys. And I know that's a big one for you. Didn't you just pick up Cooper Cup in our listener league? I did pick up Cooper Cup. Yeah, he balled out for me. But it was irrelevant because I still lost my game. Oh, man. I'm sorry. So yeah, 11 that's... catches for Cooper Cup for 102 yards. You have eight catches for 112 yards for... Brandon Cooks. It seems that Robert Woods is being the guy left out of this mix lately, but he's going to be coming back. Go ahead. You got something to say? It seems like to me the way this uh, Rams offense usually works with the receivers where one guy always has the big game, then there's the other guy that has the middle game, and one guy gets left out. That's always going to happen. If you want to have that receiver that has the good game, I feel like one of them is always going to get left out. Um, Last week, it was the opposite. Brandon Cooks had the big game. Cooper Cup had the the mediocre game, and Woods, you know, two weeks in a row had the the not so good game. Where if you go to week one, Woods had the good game. Cup was in the middle, which it seems like Cup is always in the middle or at the top. And then Brandon Cooks had the the not so good game. Um, in the listener league, I actually hold Woods and Cup, which is a big no no of mine. I don't like to have two receivers on the same team, uh, and I'm trying to move Woods as we speak. So. Um, but at the same time, man, and and in and, and the football aspect, the Rams' offense is dynamic. They have so many playmakers. Their defense is dynamic. I didn't doubt for one second that they weren't going to win this game. There was a little sweat of of not, not covering the spread. I said it on a previous episode. I don't care if it was a a square bet or not. I was all over the Rams in this game. They wound up hitting for me in so many different facets, um, and that's because I'm not on the Cleveland Browns hype train. Right. And you're going to run a draw when you need nine yards? Can we make a better choice here, especially when the Cleveland Browns were getting five and a half points? Can we keep it at 17, please? Thanks. Uh, the, spread, the spread was three. 
I had him at five and a half. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, well, I, maybe you know what? I got the spread so early. I guess maybe uh, right it, by it the moved. time game time came. Yeah. The Cleveland was yeah. at it was at it was plus five. Yeah, and everybody a half. was probably pounding the Rams. I didn't even look at it because I I didn't uh, after the four o'clock games. I didn't even look. At, I didn't have to look at anything else. So I'm actually live bet. Actually live bet the Rams in this game. I don't remember when it was, but I got the Rams at minus one and a half. So I wound up hitting another bet on them there, and that's again because I just don't believe in the Cleveland Browns and. uh what about your boy Baker Mayfield? He looks like. Uh, before we get to him, I want I, w- I want to start with the steak before we get to the veggies. Okay. So I just want to ve- just- wait. Wait, hold on. You want to start with the steak before we get to the veggies? Yes. So the the quarterback isn't the steak. No. Who's the steak? Nick Chubb. Oh please. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that he's. Uh, I'm not saying he's the best back in the league. I'm just saying I'm very pleased with Nick Chubb being my RB two and three leagues. Really? I, I thought about moving him. Really? I have him in one league. I thought about getting rid of he's, him. What? 17, 18 points a game. You don't like that? I mean, I just. I worry that's an RB two number. I worry about this offense, and then not only that. You know, you don't forget Kareem Hunt is just waiting in the in the. He's just waiting. Wait! 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 Did you just did you just hit me with a Kareem Hunt after you and Kerry got all in me for keeping the guy on my bench and then you just going to come back and take away carries? The, in the fantasy aspect Kareem Hunt sitting on the bench in my mind is not a smart move. It's also the fact that when you need Nick Chubb to be the the most efficient, we don't know what's going to happen when Kareem Hunt is inserted back into this football team. That's what I mean by that. As far as holding Kareem Hunt for nine weeks, then a bye, I don't think that's a smart move. I have Nick Chubb. I want to get to the playoffs, and then I'd figure it out. But at the same time, I'm a little worried with what's going on with this offense right now. Is he efficient? Absolutely. But if other teams notice that he's their main focal point, then what happens? What happens this week when the Ravens say, Nick Chubb, you're not running the ball. We're going to make Baker throw it. That's what I worry about. But um, that that is what's happened here. That's what the Rams okay. did. They just didn't do a good job. And Baker Mayfield still threw, the, still threw the ball 36 times. So he was the guy and still averaged 14, 4.2 yards per carry. Everybody knows that that offense has gone through, gone through Chubb. As far as this year is concerned, he's been phenomenal in my in, in my look at it. I'm not it. saying he's bad. I'm just saying I'm thinking about getting rid of him because I'm I'm worried about the offense. I'm cool with Nick Chubb dropping points for me. That's definitely yeah. cool. We're always it, gonna clash there though because it's I, about. I think it's about a matter like you. You're always looking like, ooh, how can I get rid of this guy? I'm looking at. I drafted good stock and I'm gonna ride this stock out for the rest of the year. So we're always gonna clash there. And I think that's a good thing for the listeners to hear because you're getting two sides of the ball you either agree with what Kevin's saying or you agree with what I'm saying or maybe you agree with both of us you know and I think that's a good dynamic to to think about from the fantasy aspect or you know there are times that Kevin and I are on opposite sides of bets and that's why we make our little wagers you know we're going to give you an opinion on both sides and let you guys make the choice yourself right so whether you believe that Nick Chubb is a guy that you want to sell down the line or like Kevin says he's a good you know draft stock it's one or the other. I don't believe in the Cleveland Browns. They're one and two, and the only team they beat was the third-string quarterback and my New York Jets. And at one point in that game, had Le'Veon Bell scored that touchdown and not fumbled, we're only down by seven points. I'm not impressed with this Cleveland Browns team. I said it before the season started, and I'm going to say it again. What else you got? 
they have a tough stretch coming. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be really rough for them coming up here. We'll see what they're made of during this time. Baker Mayfield still is a second year quarterback, so we can't take that. You have to take that into account. Even though he started, he was great last year. Twenty seven touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. You want that from your first round draft pick, but maybe he's having a little sophomore slump. I'm still not off for this train. It's going to take more losses. I want to see if they end this year with at least nine or ten wins. I think they, especially ten. I think they. I still think they. We'll see what they do with this stretch, but. I'm not. I'm not out on these guys. I, there's really no other stats for the Browns that are worth bringing up. None of the receivers had a great day. Landry for three is for 62. Odell Beckham had six catches for 56. So I'm not going to drag that into the ground. I think we had the conversation here. I'm actually looking at their schedule and I'm disgusted with the NFL that this team has another three primetime games. Give me a break. Why wouldn't they? They and have the star sipping power. sipping the Kool-Aid star <laughs> power. I got to watch Baker overthrow and misthrow people for three more primetime games. Give me a break. Anyway. Coming from the guy whose quarterback's name is Luke Falk. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Luke he's Falk. The third ra- he's the third string receiver. I can't even say it Look right. Look at him. Look at <laughs> Come on, bro. That's like me getting on you for starting the song Kaiser. Like, that's not... <laughs> That's not the guy we drafted. Give me a break. Next game. The Bears on Monday Night Football smoked the Redskins. This was a this was an ugly game. NFL's missing on their primetime games. Give the Browns more primetime games. And we got next. Don't, can't wait for next Monday. Two 0-3 teams playing. Whoopee. At least, at least we got a good one on Thursday with your boys in the Eagles. I'm I looking think. forward to That'll that. Be a but, good it's, one. but it's not going to be good, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. We'll I'm just, we'll, trying to be nice to the Eagles out there. <laughs> we'll tell you about it during the Thursday Might night be preview. Some dead birds going on. Anyway, <laughs> Chicago Bears 31 to 15. Spreading this game was Bears minus four and a half, five, whatever you had it at. They won this. The total on this game was 38, went well over the total. What do you take away from this game besides the fact that the Bears' defense is. Dominant, and, and I hear a lot of people seem to be down on Montgomery over there in Chicago. I get it, uh, but as far as their team is concerned, five point two yards a carry, I'll take that any day Poop. on thirteen carries from my running back. Three three carries for sixty. You can say whatever you want, man. They're, this they're, offense they're two and is one. so bad. It's not. Then how they put up thirty one points? Because the skin. Come on. So what? So what does that mean? The so so, da- are so trash. So, That's so why. the Eagles in Dallas. And also? you know what? We were so wrong with the Skins defense. By the way, I really, th- I, I'm like, I feel bad because like, I really like this. The, the I really liked the Washington Skins defense, and they just don't look good. They they have looked good though. In the first two games, they played good quality opponents. The first two weeks of the season, it wasn't it Dallas and Dallas and Eagles. That's how they started the year. Yeah. I guess you could say that, but uh, and they played pretty well versus both teams. Now they wound up losing, but they didn't. You didn't leave there fantasy saying this relevance. is the worst. This is the worst team. Oh, I didn't say Fan- fantasy. Well, I'm just relevance. saying fantasy relevance. They got negative three uh, two weeks, and I don't even know what it was yesterday. I know that yesterday there was some uh, defensive touchdowns. You know, they they turned the ball over a lot, so it put them in bad spots, so to say. But I'm just disappointed in the Redskins' defense overall. I thought they would perform better. I hear you on that because we also all you have to clearly separate fantasy value versus versus no. football yeah. field value. And but I, think, I have to put it in there. Oh, no, I, I agree. I, I'm yeah. not telling you to leave it out. I'm just saying for for the listener, not for you, Vince. I got you. But you know, you have to separate what value is. And Montgomery is a really good running back for the Bears. He is not a good fantasy running back oh, exactly. until he starts getting those goal line carries but 5.2 yards of carries nothing to slouch at what do you think about mitch bump 25 for 31 231 yards three touchdowns go ahead what do you think 
Um, yeah, you know, a bum's going to have a day here or there. What do you you want from me, man? This guy's not going to be a bum all season long. He's going to have a game here or there. Like I said, the Skins defense, he they were putting great field position, you know, all the time. He did make some good throws, but these guys were they were I don't I I usually use a term that I can't on the show, but they were wide open. You okay. know what I mean? Like when he threw the tail of Gabriel, both touchdowns, there wasn't even the defender close to him. And Josh Norman, I don't know, man. Like he to me, he just looked like he fell off because Allen Robinson was all over the place. You know what I mean? He got a lot of receptions there. Um Robinson had six receptions for sixty yards. Uh Taylor Gabriel, six for seventy five. Um, three touchdowns from Taylor Gabriel. I, you know, we couldn't see that coming. And I just, I'm just looking at this offense, and I, it doesn't scare me. You know, their defense—that's a whole different ball game right there. That defense is, uh, using one of your words, phenomenal. They are. But I, you know, and their defense is going to put them in positions to win the game. It's just can Mitch Bum win you the game can Tariq Cohen and Montgomery win you the game and I don't think they can I think the defense will always keep them alive Washington Redskins side I I was speaking with a listener through social media shout out to my boy Elliot and I said it before I said before the season even started we knew it was coming it's week three skins are 0-3 here comes the Dwayne Haskins talk and they're talking about how bad Case Keenum looked listen this was his first bad game of the season he didn't throw a pick until this game Fantasy is something totally different. He was the fourth-rated fantasy quarterback coming into this game. I'm not going to give the guy a pass, but he did play just the, the best defense in the league. His best offensive lineman is sitting on the couch holding out right now. Okay? They have nobody besides a rookie wide receiver on offense. They have an old running back who I respect, Adrian Peterson. Right. And Christian Thompson is a pass catcher. Your tight end has not yet played. Your other your 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 starting tight end is... 58 years old, Vernon Davis. They have nobody. And they throw Case Keenum to the Wolves, and when he gets eaten, they blame him. It's not his fault that this team stinks. The whole team stinks. And I feel bad for Case. Uh, Actually, I I don't feel bad for millionaires, but, you know, you get the point. I feel like this guy gets a raw deal. Last time Case Keenum had a good team, where was he? Minnesota? Yep. And he was in the playoffs. Yeah. So, that says everything I need to know. You give a quarterback a good team, let's see what he does with mm-hmm. it. He did really well with it. I'm with you on that. I am. I will be Case Keenum's defense attorney any day in court. I think he is a, a really good quarterback. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's one of the top five. I just but he's think, not bad. And, and, right. He's not bad. Right. That's, that's what I'm getting at. He's not a bad quarterback, and he will not be playing in two, three weeks. When they're n- next week, they got the Giants who are rejuvenated with all that's going on there. The week after that, they got the Patriots, and they'll get their first win three weeks from now when they play the Miami Dolphins. Right. And by that time, Dwayne Haskins will be the quarterback. He'll get his first win. I'm calling it right now. Dwayne Haskins is going to beat the Dolphins, and everybody's going to be like, we told Dwayne Haskins, here we come. (laughs) Case Keenum's a bum. It's not. You know, pump your brakes with that. Skins look bad. Bears defense looks great. I don't got much else with this game. Where are you going with it? Terry McLaurin, what do you got about that? I want to hear what you say about him. He's really good. Very good. There's really nothing else to say. He's a good route runner. He can get downfield, six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Paul uh, Paul Richardson also had a decent day, eight eight catches, 83 yards for a touchdown. He also threw three picks. There's really not much else to say, man. Um, Let's wrap it up. This is it for the week three recap. I hope you enjoyed that. We dig in here. It's one of our favorite things to do. You know, where else are you going to go? 
where anybody's going to sit there and talk about the Detroit Lions, where they're going to actually talk about the Arizona Cardinals, where they're going to actually talk about all the teams. You come to the First Pick Podcast, we talk about all your teams in depth. It's not going to be skipped over because it's not the famous thing. So if you like a team, maybe that everybody doesn't like, even the Dolphins. We talked about the Dolphins today, despite all of that. And we talked about them a little bit longer than we should have. Than we should have. I get that. <laughs> like, you know, so some of these are long, but there's no place else where you're going to have some every somebody who talks about all the teams. Come to the First Pick Podcast. Listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, PodCoin, Apple iTunes, and, and Podcast Addict again. Listen anywhere. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you're at. Follow us. Share us at first pick at the first pick pod on Twitter, Twitter on Instagram, Instagram. Facebook. Um, I'm your boy Vinny Goombots. You know where to find me at Vinny Goombots. V I N N Y G O O M B O T S. Big Kev, where can they find you and take us out? At, Big Kev is our closer, by the way. At Biggest Boss seventy six. I gave you the close out. Follow us. Listen to us. We love you. Thanks for listening.